Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Well, I trust everybody's doing well. We'll wait about a minute or so, and then we'll pray. Praise God. It's 9.03 in the morning. Today is April, I mean, sorry, August the 4th, 2019. And uh, like I said, we'll wait. I trust everybody's doing well, and um, on this day, praise God, keeping maintaining your souls, amen, boy, that's a constant, constant, constant job for us as sons of God, daughters of God, is you got to maintain your soul, because if you don't, it'll lead you uh, in the wrong direction, amen. All right, it's 9.04, praise God, we're going to get started today. As I said, today is August the 4th, 2019. I want to welcome everyone that's coming online. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for this precious day, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for your many sons of God and daughters of God that will be partaking, Lord, today. I thank you, Lord, for your presence, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that in the presence of God we stand, Father God, ministering and declaring the kingdom of God, preaching and teaching, Father God, your word, Father God. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, that your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the many that will hear today and those that will hear in the future, Father. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, Father God, that it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, the words that you speak unto us, they are spirit in their life. In Jesus' name, Father God, I thank you. Amen. Well, I, I trust everyone is doing well today. Um, I am uh, I'm having to go micless today because I think my new little puppy pulled some wires somewhere, and I'm going to have to go trace it down. It's kind of funny, but it's okay. I know y'all can still hear me, so that's, that's all that matters. Amen. Um, I wanted to start off today with, uh, with the... A little principle that, uh, that has been rolling in my spirit now for a few weeks and it has to do with the corruptible and the incorruptible seed right so as as uh, sons of God and daughters of God we know that there are two seeds right um, corruptible seeds corruptible seeds and incorruptible seeds and this this is from the principle in the scripture in first Peter 1 23 so if you go to that, 1 Peter 1.23. And uh, first of all, you know, obviously in the kingdom of God, we have to understand that we must be born again or you can't even see the kingdom of God. This is on John chapter 3. And then he said later that you must be born of the water and of the spirit or you can't enter into the kingdom of God. And to see it is to know, to comprehend, to understand. And then to walk in it, walk in the kingdom of God, it means that you're, these principles are part of your life. You live them, you breathe them, you say them, you speak them, you think them, you live them. Your conduct, everything in your heart and your desires to reflect the word of God as a son of God or daughter of God. So it says here in 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever so right there that we see two contrasts here first of all being born again so we got born again from incorruptible seed 
But on the flip side of that, the corruptible seed, right? There's still a lot of seeds in our hearts and in our lives that are not part of the kingdom of God. They have no reflection on the kingdom of God. And those are seeds of the world, right? The enemy has went and planted seeds in the field. As the parable teaches us is that, that, that the wheat were, were growing, but the tares, which were the weeds, were also growing with the wheat. So we have to understand that, that those, uh, those are, that's called corruptible and incorruptible seeds. So in our lives, and this is what I'm leading to, and this is in the next scripture I want to read here. Let me get to that. And this is in Mark 4, 29. And if you know the principle of the sower soweth the word, And I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to start with verse 14 in Mark chapter 4. And, uh, well, let me read the preceding one because this one, this principle right here, Jesus stated and taught us, is verse 13, Mark 4, 13. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? So what is he saying right there? He's telling us, he's teaching us that this principle of the sower soweth the word, this foundational principle of the word of God must be first. The word of God, what's coming out of your heart and in your mouth, right? The seeds that you're sowing, okay? Because teaching the word is sowing the word in your hearts and your lives. My heart is, is that I pray that you have strength to hear those words. And I'm going to show you that scripture in a minute. And why it's so important to be soft and tender towards the Lord. And how that another scripture in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 4, verse 3 and 4. Let's go to that real quick. Jeremiah chapter 4. Jeremiah chapter 4. And we can read from verse 1 here. If thou wilt return, O Israel, saith the Lord, return unto me. And if thou wilt put away thine abominations, your whoredoms, your idolatry, your own life, in other words, all the things that you want to do outside of God, basically, out of my sight, then, then thou shalt not remove. In other words, you're not going to be moved out of your place. And if thou shalt put away thine abominations out of my sight, then shalt thou not remove. And thou shalt swear the Lord liveth in truth. In judgment and in righteousness, and the nations shall bless themselves in him, and in him shall they glory. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah. And this is the word of the Lord to the body of Christ as well, to us, the sons of God and daughters of God in the kingdom of God. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. So right there, the Lord was teaching me that, First of all, the ground has to be soft and pliable and tender in order to receive the seed. Just like a farmer plants, or just like you plant in your gardens and your in your fruit garden, I mean in your in your vegetable gardens and your plants and whatnot, the ground has to be prepared to receive the seed. Okay? So we know that, for example, this broadcast I'm doing it every Sunday at 9 a.m., right? And uh, and so my heart even in delivering the word of God, I've got to be soft and tender towards God as the Holy Ghost brings the word to me. Your heart must be soft and tender. You've got to be ready to receive God's word. 
Every time we come together, be prepared. Have your heart ready before God. Spend time with the Lord in prayer. Spend time with the Lord in His Word. Praying in the Holy Ghost, etc., etc., etc. Because when you're doing that, you're breaking up the fallow ground. You're getting the ground tender. So, right? And then he says, and sown out among thorns. Well, that's that's just common logic, right? If you've got a garden, you're going to take prepare it. You've got to prepare it before you get the seed in the ground. You've got to move all the weeds. You've got to move all the grass. Pull it out. Get the ground ready. Till it. Soften it up. Get the, get the uh, you know, the, the, what do you call that stuff? The... The garden, the garden soil, right? Get that soil ready, so that it can receive that seed, so that you can, so that you can reap a harvest. In other words, days go by, days go by before you start. You know, and you're seeing the little plants coming up. You don't know what they are yet, and then you see the the, the, the more of the plant coming up, and finally you realize what it is. And then now, and then the plant is in full bloom and, and doing what it's supposed to do, and, and bearing the crop that it's supposed to bear, and so on and so on, producing. In other words, and now you see it. Right? But interestingly enough, he said, so not among thorns. And then he said in verse 4, circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. In other words, if you're producing crops that are nothing but frustration, that are nothing but anxiety, that are nothing but unbelief and doubt, right? All these weeds, if you will, of crop, all that stuff is going to be burned away, right? And that's what he's saying here is that get your hearts ready and tender. Cut away the foreskin of your, of your heart. In other words, the flesh man, the carnal man, which I've been alluding. I mean, the Lord has been working with me on this for weeks now. Is that the carnal man can't see the kingdom of God. He can't understand the things of God. He can't comprehend the things of God. He's always looking for oil. He's always looking for water. But he has no water in himself. He has no moisture in himself. He has no oil. He can't deliver because he, has, he doesn't have the strength of God. He falls flat, in other words. So, <clears throat> Joseph sowed not among thorns. So I made a conscious decision in my life, praise God, to sow not among thorns. Amen. In other words, Joseph, be sensitive to my spirit, and I'll give you the right time to sow that word when that heart is tender and ready. For example, there was a young sister at a place, and uh, I've been praying for her and her husband, and uh, she's expecting a child, and uh, she's but she's battling some issues in her body. And I've been praying for this young sister for weeks, you know, since I found out about this. And um, And then the other day I saw her, it was a perfect encounter. I saw her coming, and I was coming in the same direction. Nobody was around us. I mean, we were in the hallway, but I'm just saying, it was it was a, a very precious moment. And I was able to encourage her in the word of the Lord. Because see, her heart, I've been, I've been praying. And I've been thanking God for the miracle and the healing that they need and so on. And that the healing that they have in Christ, in other words. And so, guess what? Man, I said, are you born again? She said, yes. And I said, I want you to understand that the enemy is coming to steal that word every time that word gets sown. Be encouraged in the Lord. Amen. It, and, and I just gave her a few scriptures and that was it. I didn't spend a lot of time in the situation because, you know, it wasn't warranted. I mean, you, the point is, is that I was sensitive to the Lord. I was able to drop that seed in there and praise God it's going to reap harvest. 
And that's 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 going to lead me into my next scripture here. Mark chapter 4. So right, the sower soweth the word, right? And and so he's going to explain to us here because see the disciples they didn't understand this. And and uh and they asked him, you know, what are what do you what does this mean? <laughs> um verse 14. Verse 13. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable, and how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. In other words, the one that's planting, the one that has the seed, he's the one planting the seed. And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. And, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away that was sown in their hearts. And that's what I was telling them, this little young sister. I said, you need to be aware that Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their hearts. And a few weeks ago, I shared on the on the circle of experience, right? The word comes, faith comes, Satan comes, all right. And 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 what at that point, what you need to have is hupomene, patience, constancy, consistency in what the word of the Lord is. Your word says that by your stripes I'm healed. Your word says that you'll provide all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That's what I'm hanging on. That's what I stand on. In other words, that's the faith toward God right there. The constancy, maintaining. The scripture says that the just shall live by faith. It's a, it's a daily part of our lives as sons and daughters of God are living by faith. Faith in the word of God, not faith in stuff. I'm believing God for that red car over there. That's not faith. That's not how faith works. Faith is toward God and his word. Your word says, Father. Okay? Now, um, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So the word comes, faith comes, Satan comes, patience comes. And then, who, that's the word hupomene, which means constancy, constant. Luke 21, 19, the same word in your patience possesses your soul. The patience, the constancy of maintaining oversight of the word of God in your heart and your life. Speaking forth that word that God has given you and what the word of God teaches and tell us, uh, tells us on the matter, etc., etc. And that's what you bring forth. That's the constancy of maintaining that because your soul is going to look at those circumstances Well, nothing's happening. I got prayed for and nothing happened. No, 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 no. You need to stay constant to the Word of God. Amen. So the Word, of God, so the word comes, faith comes, Satan comes, patience comes, hope comes. Because now when you experience the promise, your hope is built up so strong and so mighty, glory to God. And the Scripture teaches us that hope is the anchor of the soul. Your, the hope of God, your expectancy, your expectation coming from the Lord. And then after hope is experienced, now that you've experienced the promise of God, amen, you've been strengthened, praise God. And as Jesus told Peter, when you've been strengthened, strengthen your brethren. Now you go out and you testify that word of the Lord, amen. You speak forth what God has done for you and you declare it in the presence of your enemies. <laughs> praise God. So how are you going to know all parables if you don't know this parable? This is the foundational principle for all these parables, amen, and the ways Jesus taught us. And the sower soweth the word, verse 16, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive with gladness. So you got ground, uh, the wayside, then you got stony ground. And have no root in themselves. So, so what happens when a plant, I mean a seed lands on stony ground, there's no opportunity for it to take a root into the ground. There's too many stones and too many rocks around it. 
So those are those when they have heard the word, they receive with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure before time afterward when afflictions or persecutions arise for the word's sake immediately are offended. You see, in other words, oh man, I got something bothering me down here. In other words, the stony ground, right? <clears throat> you hear it, you receive it, you're happy, you're full of joy. And then the afflictions of persecutions arise for the word's sake immediately they're offended. In other words, you, you turn on the word of God. Because you started out, you heard it, you believe it, your faith is built up. And then the persecutions and the pressure comes. And that's where Jesus taught us that, that if the house is not built on the foundation, Jesus himself, when the pressure comes, that house is going to fall. And that house that falls is like a house that's built on wood, hay, and stubble. In other words, it's a, it's a, it's a foundation that has no strength. That's where, as I, said, as I read earlier, sow not among thorns. Don't put your seed out there, Joseph. Don't put my word before the swine. Don't put my word in front of those people that don't want to hear it. And their heart is not ready. Amen? And my expectation is, is that when I sow the word of God, I'm going to reap a harvest. That's the principle of the word of God. And what's interesting about this is that this whole time, from the beginning when God said, let there be light, all this time from then, he's been teaching us this principle, seed time and harvest. You sow the seed, you're going to get a harvest. But if you sow the seed and, and, and you don't get it in the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, etc., 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 and don't wait for that seed to grow up, then you're going to abort the seed. The seed is not going to manifest. The seed of God's word is not going to come forth in our lives. And that's what we're talking about here. The ground has to be ready. Verse 18, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. You know, I know brothers and sisters, that's all they're focused on, trying to make an extra... More money, more money. I need to have more money. I need to make more money. I need to, I need to, I need all this money. Well, glory to God. I'm saying the same thing, but not for my own glory, for the glory of my Father. In other words, so that I can bring forth God's word and God's ways and God's wills and, and, and share and teach and minister and serve and bless and sow back into the kingdom of God. Which is where the word God corrected me and says, Joseph, sow not among thorns. Understand where you're putting your seed, Joseph. And your seed needs to be going in the ground that I've blessed. In the ground that I've been farming in. The ground that I've tilled by my spirit, in other words. Mm. And the interesting thing about this is, how are you going to know our parables if you don't understand this, body of Christ? I've been telling you from the beginning... And how, and how that all of creation declares my glory. Everything is testified of me. The seed goes into the ground. You, work, you nurture the seed. You water the seed. You maintain it. You pull the weeds away from it. That seed is going to grow up into a beautiful fruit. In other words, a beautiful flower, a beautiful tree, you know, beautiful vegetables, beautiful tomatoes, cucumbers, zucchini, squash, cantaloupes, melons, etc. I've been teaching this, by the crown, all this time, saith the Lord. Years and years and years and thousands and thousands of years. Helping you to understand this. that If you don't like the harvest that you're receiving in your life right now. And what you're experiencing. Then that's because. You've been sowing among thorns. You've been sowing on shallow ground. You've been sowing on, sowing on stony ground. You understand? 
Praise God. And that's it, man. <laughs> now, and these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, as I read earlier, and the deceitfulness of riches, and so on and so on, and the lust of entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So you got the body of Christ, like I said, they're involved in always trying to make that money, man. Your motive is wrong, man. Your motive is seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things that the Gentiles seek will be added to you, man. You take care of my business, said the Lord, and I'll be about your business. And then he said, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither is anything kept secret but that it should come abroad. See, all this perverted seed, corruptible seed, and all the things that it's producing, it's going to be obvious because Jesus said you'll know the tree by the fruit. Yesterday, me and my sons were walking, and there's this big old fig tree. I love to see that tree because it's huge. But not only that, it produces fruit. Fig trees, man. Figs all over the floor, man, in the sidewalk. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. I'm talking about a harvest of plenty, glory to God. Man. So he said, if any man hears, hears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. You see, if you don't want to be filtering out all the perversion and the thoughts that come with those, with those thoughts and those seeds and those songs and those worldly views and stuff, if you don't want to be dealing with all that and filtering all that and casting all that down, then don't let it get in front of you. Don't put it in front of your face. Don't hear it. Don't see it. And let me tell you something. The produce, the product that's produced, the, 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 the fruit that's manifested, it's going to be so glorious for your life. He said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured unto you, and to you that hear shall more be given. Now watch this, verse 25. For he that has to him shall be given, and he that has not from him shall be taken, even that which he has. Who did Jesus tell us and teach us that the thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and destroy? Right? The thief is the spirit of error in our lives. That we think we're serving God, but we're involved in all these dead works. And we don't understand that we're sowing among thorns, body of Christ. You're sowing in the wrong place. You're putting your effort and your strength. You're putting your volunteering and your services and your giving, your service, your serving attitude. Right? For the greatest one among us, the one who serves, you're putting it in the wrong field. And the Lord is telling us, sow into my field, saith the Lord. Find out where the field of Boaz is. As he told Ruth, don't go in another man's field. So right here, man, right here is the field of plenty for you, Ruth. And that's what I hear the Lord saying to the body of Christ. Understand where you're sowing the seed. Not only the seed of the word. But your, but your monies and your givings and your time and your service, where is it going? What is the fruit that it's producing? That tells you right there that it's a wrong tree. It's the wrong field, man. <clears throat> so who's the one that steals it from us? It's the enemy. He's the thief. He's the one that's got us all twisted and perverted and, and confused and not understanding what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord is sow not among thorns. Don't sow in the shallow ground. Don't sow in the stony ground. Don't sow in the 
in the ground that's full of weeds. <laughs> so we understand that the thief comes down before the steel can destroy. He's going to take even that which you have because you don't know even that which you have because you, son or daughter of God, don't know how to maintain what you have in the Lord by the word of the Lord because you're sowing in the wrong field. The crop that you're receiving is nothing but frustration and anxiety. Hmm. And so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast forth seed into the ground, and should sleep rise, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, and he know it not how. We don't need to know how it happens. All we need is faith toward God in the word, in the word of God, not in stuff. <clears throat> For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. The earth brings forth fruit of herself. You are the earth of where the seed goes into your heart. The engrafted word, as the scripture teaches us, which is able to save our souls. Now watch this, verse 29. This one I've been leading us up to. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now, there's a principle in a teaching John 4.35 Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white and ready to harvest. Now watch this. Understanding, seed time and harvest. Follow me, body of Christ. Praise God. As I follow the Lord. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. We'll go to that one. He was moved with compassion. That's Matthew 9, 36. He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. I'm telling you right now, that's the heart of the Father right now. He's looking out at all the sheep out there and there are sheep with no shepherd because they don't understand the way of the Lord. Right? You've been building on the foundation that's man-made, body of Christ. In other words, that's what that's what you've been sowing into. And the harvest and the fruit that you're receiving from that is it's it's no good. It's friends frustration, anxiety, you understand? It's your soul out of kilt. You know? You're whining, you're complaining, you're full of doubt, you're full of unbelief. Your your expectation of the Lord is gone. You don't know who to trust. You're living in fear. Fearful. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Into his harvest. Now, Jesus said, Jesus taught us to sow or sow at the word, right? Pray that the Lord will send harvest. And... <clears throat> And he told them, you're going to reap in fields that you haven't sown. Let me, let me find that one real quick. John 4.38. John 4.38, praise God. 
verse 36, that's what I'm going to, and he that reapeth receiveth wages, praise God. In other words, if you're working, right, you're going to receive wages. Well, if you're working in your father's kingdom, in your father's field, glory to God, the field of strength, Boaz field, right, and you're going to receive wages and gather fruit unto Zoe eternal. The field of plenty, glory to God, the place where you should be sowing, praise God, that field is life eternal. In other words, you're sowing into a field that's eternal. You're going to experience eternal blessing and reward now and in the life to come. Wow. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you in to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. My goodness, man. Now I'm going to tie that up with this scripture right now. Mm. Mark 4.29 right here. But when he... When the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put it in the sickle because the harvest has come. You see, Jesus was telling these disciples and telling us, he's telling us that I've been sowing into these fields, into all these nations, into all these people's lives. I've been planting my seed and my word in their hearts. Amen. And you're, you disciples, you laborers that I'm praying for, that I sent forth. Praise God. You're going to reap that harvest. And don't you know that on the day of Pentecost, thousands came to the Lord. Because see, all this time, Jesus had been sowing the seed. Sowing the seed, knowing he was going to reap a harvest. And that the both that they that harvested and they that sowed rejoiced together. Because it's unto the glory of our Father. Amen. Wow. Now, but when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle. The word putteth in. Watch this. It's a beautiful word. It's the word apostello. And it's the word that the word apostolo, which is apostle, comes from. You see? Jesus had to send forth first the apostles to reap the harvest of a field that he had been planting and sowing in lo these three and a half years and all the work that John the Baptist is in getting these fields ready. Ready to receive the Lord. The Lord planted the word. They reap the harvest. The laborers are few. Praise God. And I'm encouraging you, body of Christ, learn these teachings. Look, go back and look at all these videos that have been presented up to this time. Learn the order of the way of God. Hear little and there little. Amen. Whom shall he teach doctrine? Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Those that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. You can't do it as a baby. Because hmm. you're not ready yet, man. You've got to grow up. Now, <clears throat> apostle, man, set apart to send out. Who did he send out first? He sent them out first because this, the, the field was ready, man. And I'm telling you today, Jesus, the apostle of our, uh, the apostle prophet of our, let me read it, praise God. Mm. 
chapter 3, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. Who's going to reap the harvest? Ultimately, it's Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life. He's going to bring that product to maturity, that produce, that seed. And then he puts in the sickle. Why do you think the Lord is sowing these words? Why do you think the Lord is teaching you, body of Christ, right now? Why do you think you're drawn to the Lord? Not me, but to the Lord in me. Understand? This is the will of God. This is the way of God. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he put in the sickle because the harvest has come. Whereunto shall you liken the kingdom of God, or with what compassion comparison shall you compare it? You see? You want to experience the fullness of God? Starts sowing in the right field, amen. Sow not among thorns, body of Christ. And when you do, he's going to send forth. It's time, in other words, as you come into maturity, God will begin to realign your life to bring you into your purpose. And he's going to send forth apostello, those that are able to help you understand and teach you your purpose. He has fathers, amen. In the kingdom of God, there's fathers, and they teach us and train us the way of the Lord, that we might come into our strength and understand how to walk as sons of God in this earth, representing our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Now that leads me into our... Um, <clears throat> into our teaching for today, which is called Napios, the making of a leader. And let me post that up for y'all. I trust you're following me in the Lord, amen. Following the word of the Lord, amen. Not, not for foolishness sake, amen. Not just to be idle, but for purpose, amen. On purpose, in other words. <clears throat> so that's the outline that I'm going to cover right now. was called Napios. And we've been talking about the making of a leader, right? And what is the goal and the purpose? And why is God trying to bring us to maturity? Why is this so relevant? Why is this so important? Because I'm telling you, the fields are white and ready to harvest. But God needs laborers. He needs those that understand the kingdom of God and the way of God. The word, the will, the word, the way, the work. There is a way of God to get us into the work of God. And we're going to understand that by the will, word of God, which is the will of God. So, napios is a Greek word that means infant. There are five Greek words that speak of the mature, spiritual maturity of a son or daughter of God, of a Christian. Napios, which is the one we're covering right now, Padion, technon, weos, and pater. Padion means potty stage. You're still making a lot of messes. Technon's like a teenager. You think you're ready, but you're still not ready. Weos is the fully matured son of God, Jesus Christ. He came into maturity, right? He submitted himself in Luke chapter 2 to his father and mother, the end of that chapter. And Hupotasod, he came under authority. And he grew in favor and stature and wisdom and grace in the sight of God and the people. <clears throat> then when he got baptized by John the Baptist, John saw the dove descending on him and the voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved Weos, in whom I'm well pleased. And in, interestingly enough, in Luke chapter 2, <clears throat> where Mary, Jesus' mother, was addressing him, she said, son, which is the word techno, don't you know what kind of pressure you put us under? 
And for 18 years, tables and chairs, Jesus just doing the will of his father and mother, knowing that he was submitted to authority because he knew all authorities from God. Amen. With the right attitude, he submitted himself. I need a drink of water. Well, I don't need water in front of me. Praise God. So we're talking about Napios. And the little Greek definition is the babe in innocence. Right? Simplicity and ignorance. Non-speaking, unable to speak plainly, a beginner, a new convert, converted sinner, a babe in Jesus Christ, a person weak in faith. Why is he weak in faith? Because he doesn't have the word yet. And he's, he's got to, he, that individual is going to have to continuously and constantly stay under that word, stay under that teaching. Amen? <clears throat> stay under the word so that his faith gets built up. And then as he grows, he experiences God in his word, and he's, he's constant, and he begins to have hope, and he experiences God's word, and continuously he grows and grows and grows. Every trial, every situation he gets put into, as he grows in the Lord, he's manifesting Christ. He's not whining, he's not complaining, he's not under, he's not doubting, he's not full of unbelief, etc. <clears throat> An immature believer, intellectually and morally. Right? So the natural and spiritual characteristics, innocent and simple, trust in parents. John 5.1. Hmm. I think it's 1 John. I made a typo there. Yep. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of, of him. And by this we know that we are the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the cosmos, and this is the victory that overcometh the, the cosmos, even our faith. Amen. So our faith toward God is, over, is what causes us to overcome. Whosoever that belie believeth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. When you finally see that in your lives, you are now born of God. You're born of the Spirit, amen. you got the breath of God now in you, babe in Christ, Napios. But what we have to understand you know, I recently saw an article of a big celebrity that is now born again Christian. Well, guess what's going to happen? He's going to get on the circuit. He's going to be out there sharing. When, when he has no business sharing yet, he's to go out, as Paul did, and hide himself for years and years and years and come to know the way of the Lord and the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 4, 15 and 16, they need their father. They need their daddy, in other words. 1 Corinthians 4. 15 and 16. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through God. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. You see, there's thousands of, thousands, thousands out there teaching, right? Thousands of them. And in this case, Paul was referring to, in 1 Corinthians 3 there, where some were saying, I'm a Paul, some of a Cephas or Apollos. And then he said to tell them, did I die for you? Did Jesus, I mean, did Peter or any of these guys die for you? All these 
individuals out there that are involved in mentorship and not fatherhood, that's out of order. As I've explained before, mentor is from the Greek philosophy's teaching, Greek philosophy, right? And he was the one that taught the Greek gods' sons, and in turn he had a relationship with them, a homosexual relationship with them. He was their mentor. That's out of order, body of Christ. And we, you know where we got that from? We didn't get it from the Word of God because you don't see that in the Word of God. You see fatherhood in the Word of God, fatherhood principle. We got it from the world. And that's not born of God, and that's going to fail. And so, <clears throat> for verse 16, Wherefore I beseech you, be followers of me. 1 Corinthians 4, 16. Paul was telling them, follow me as I follow the Lord, in other words. Matthew 21, 16. And he said unto them, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? Amen. Babes is the word natheos. A young child, an infant, someone just got born again. And they do, you know, they're full of praise and they're full of thanksgiving. Amen. Praise God. I remember I was that way, man. Not that I still am not. And Jesus said unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? And they imitate their parents. First Corinthians thirteen eleven. This is what a this is what a young child does, right? I remember my boys imitated me, you know, when they were young. Thank God they're coming to their own, amen. And uh, I remember my uh, my mother in law. She said, you know, your son Daniel is a, is a spitting image of you. And this is a really precious scripture, First Corinthians thirteen eleven, and. And it's interesting how we take this teaching of love that First Corinthians 13, you know, starts with, and we kind of spin it, spin it in the fact that, well, we got to love one another, right? And 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 in, and in saying that, we're saying don't be harsh with one another. Well, you have to understand that what son is he when the father doesn't correct, right? Hebrews 12:5. Hebrews 12. I mean, yeah. Is it 12? I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm not, I'm not going to go to this. I'm just doing this to refer to it. Yeah. You've forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. We ask. So in order to get to that place where God is constantly refining you and working with you, you've got to go through and understand as a child what it means to come into that place where you come into maturity. Because at that place, when you're in that place and you're receiving from the Father, you're going to get corrections of a different kind. In other words, of different strength. Right? So, verse 11, <clears throat> when I was a child, Napias, I spake as a Napias, I understood as a Napias. I thought as a child, Napias, but when I became a man, I put away Napias things. I put away Napias philosophies and understandings and views and ways. You see, I've finally grown up coming to maturity as a, as a son of God. Mature son of God is what he's talking about here. See, and up to the point that you're still a child, Napias, Party on Technon, you still see through the glass darkly. It's not so clear, you know. You're always going out and trying to find a revelation from somebody else because you don't understand how to get from the Lord yourself because you're not maintaining the strength of God, the oil of God in your spirit and in your life by fellowship in the Father. 
You see, I tell God all the time, my Father, I don't understand what I'm getting from you when I'm with you in prayer. But glory to God, I'm thankful that I'm receiving it. Mm. So you see through a glass darkly, but, when, but then as you, when you come into maturity now, you're going to see face to face. Your fellowship in the Father face to face. And you understand clearly as that impartation of God's presence comes on your life and in your life out of your spirit, man. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as also I'm known. And guess who's going to know you? Even as you're known. Yes, your brothers and sisters around you, because now you can be trusted. You're a young, you're a son of God, daughter of God that has character in their lives. You can be dependent on your reliable, faithful, consistent, you see. But guess who else is going to know you? The demonic realm. Because there's an instance where they told, uh, I don't remember which guy it was, but they told him, Paul I know, Cephas I know, but who are you? I know those guys. I know they walk in dominion. They walk in the spirit. Amen. They know how to take dominion. Right? And so and so it is, is that you're going to know even as you're known. And then he says, now abideth faith, hope, and charity, but the, the, these three, but the greatest of these is agape. And that's true. Because now you understand from the perspective of your father, the love of God. And love, when I, I have to correct my sons at times. I have to speak to them sharply at times. I've got to discipline their lives and I've got to bring correction to their lives because I love them because my heart is to correct their character. You see? But as a wise son, amen, I know how to receive from God too. And yesterday I said some words harshly to my wife and my son corrected me. And I dealt with my soul, praise God. And I asked my father to forgive me. See, my soul got out of control. I didn't maintain. So my soul rose up. So praise God, amen. You have to be sensitive to the way of the Lord. And that reminds me of something that I, <clears throat> that I was going to share with you earlier as well, too, is that, let me go to this. Verse 33, Matthew chapter 4. <clears throat> and with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to. To hear it. When you know you're going to come before the Lord. And you're going to hear the word of the Lord. As in these sessions that we're doing every Sunday from 9 to 10. Your heart should be ready with full of strength to receive it. Because this word able. Is the Greek word dunamai. Which is where the word dunamis. Which is power. Explosive power comes from. And it says to be able to have power. Whether by virtue of one's own ability and resources. Or of a state of mind. Or through favorable circumstances or by permission of law or custom, to be able to do something, to be able or possible. So in other words, as, as they had strength to hear it, he was giving it to them. But when they were strengthless, weary, tired, thinking about nutritional things that they need, thinking about their bodies, thinking about their loved ones, whatever. You see, there's a, there's a, a, the as the scripture says, uh, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season. That's what he's teaching me. How to speak it in season at the right time when the heart is ready. But if the heart is not ready and they haven't done the work to plow up the field and to get the field ready, their heart don't sow the seed, Joseph. Hmm. Now, let's go back to the outline. 
1 John 3, 9, Whosoever is born of God doth not commence sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Has anybody ever wondered what that is saying there? Well, I'm going to tell you what he's saying, praise God. He's saying that your spirit, man, is born of God. And whatever comes forth out of your spirit and gets brought forth as a product of a work that you're doing for the Lord, it cannot sin, in other words, because it came forth and birthed out of the spirit. But remember, it's the carnal man that will abort the pure seed of God every time. And therefore, that seed will not come forth into maturity because Satan cometh immediately. Mm. All right. <clears throat> That was 1 John 3, 9. 1, 1 Corinthians 3, 1. And I've quoted this a thousand times, I know. Man. <laughs> and I, brethren, when I came to you, this is Paul talking to Corinthians. I couldn't speak unto you as spiritual, which means pneumaticals. Spiritual is a Greek word, pneumaticals. But as unto carnal or sarkikos, sarks. Sarkikos, carnal man, even as unto babes, napios in Christ. You see, the napios is full of carnality. These celebrities and all these well-known, famous people in the world, they get born again. Man, immediately they're putting them in the circuit because they, they know they can put a draw on the crowd and therefore bring the money, bring the cash, bring the debit card. But the problem is, is that they're still carnal and they don't understand the way of the Lord yet. And therefore, what they're bringing you is fruit, a seed that's, that's getting sown and the ground is not even ready because this whole situation is all Babylonian. Babylon, baby land. He said in verse 2, I have fed you with milk. That's what a babe needs is milk, right? And that brings me to a scripture. I think we're going to cover it in a minute. Yeah, let me wait till we get to it. So he said, brethren, I, I, I came unto you, and I couldn't speak unto you as a spiritual, but I had to speak unto you as babes in Christ. Because you're still walking carnal, just like a babe. For where there is among you, for verse 3, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and division, are you not walk carnal and walk as mere men? Are you not sarkikos and you're still walking like people from the world, in other words? And he said, well, one says, I'm a Paul, another Apollos, and some are saying I'm a Cephas. And then he told him, did any of us die for you? Oh, man. All right. So again, the Napios needs milk. And let's take a look now at this scripture in Hebrews chapter uh, 13, 11. Let me look at that real quick. First, well, let me look at it first, see if I want to cover it. Well, it's the same scripture I read a while ago when I was a child. I spake as a child. I understood as an atheist. But now that I'm a child, now that I'm not a child anymore, in other words, I'm not drinking milk anymore. More. Now I'm on the greater principles and the, and the strengths of God, the Word of God. I understand the greater depth now. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13 
And this is this is a principle that we teach in the foundation of principles. And he says here that everyone <clears throat> that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. You see, Napios. Milk is what the Napios needs, right? He's a, he's young in the Lord. He still doesn't understand. He needs simple truths, right? But then he says, strong meat belongs to them who are full age. See, when you come into maturity, now you're ready to handle steak. <laughs> you know how to process it. You know how to cut it up. You know how to eat it in small bites, chew it down real good. Have you ever noticed a young person when they're eating a nice piece of meat, man, they're, thick, they're, they're sticking these big old chunks in their mouth. Before you know it, they're getting tired from eating so much so much thick meat. <laughs> they don't even know how to process yet, you see? So, again, the Napios, he doesn't know how to handle the meat. He needs the milk still. Easily persuaded, gullible, believes everything. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. And henceforth ye be no more Napios, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. You see, as a Napios, because you don't have a foundation in the Word of God, and when things are coming at you, you don't know necessarily what's of God and of the right spirit. In other words, the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. You can't make the distinction. Well, he's a Christian. Well, he's promoting, you know, a worldly business. That should be okay. No. The things which the Gentiles sacrificed, Paul said, they sacrificed the devils and not to God. They're sowing into the wrong field. <laughs> wow. Smarter <clears throat> than you think. Matthew eleven twenty five. Let's take a look at that one. Matthew eleven twenty five. And Jesus, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, Father, O Father, Lord of heaven, and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent, and hast revealed them unto the Napias. You see, the reason your heart must be tender, Napias, simple, is because you're going to be easily to be drawn in, into the kingdom of God, and grow and brought up into maturity. And you're the one that the Father is going to reveal these things to, because you trust in God from those that are bringing you forth the word of the Lord and bringing you into maturity. Understanding you and bringing you to that place where it's not time yet, it's not time yet. Wait, 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 wait. Be patient, be patient, be patient. Those individuals understand how to bring you to maturity in the Lord. These are fathers of the faith, amen. Fathers of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> so, Luke 10, 21 Luke ten twenty one. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and has revealed them unto Napios. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. So that's the same scripture. And it was it was it was an agreeable thing. God was okay with that. Amen. Praise God. And that is the way of God. Amen. 
because they, they, they trust and they have simplicity. But again, they also have to watch out for them, right? The shepherd and bishop of our souls. you got to listen to those that are over you in the Lord. First uh, Peter 2, 2. As newborn babes, glory to God, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Amen. Babes in the Lord need milk. Right? They don't need strong meat yet. Um, they're fussy. They're noisy. They're disruptive and messy. 1 Corinthians 3.3 3. For you are yet carnal. They're full of envy and strife and division. 1 Corinthians 3.3 3. They require constant training. First, I mean Hebrews 5. 11. When we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. See, you have to have strength to receive from the Lord. And what I mean by that is your attention span. When you're hearing, you've got to understand what's going on here by the way of the Lord. This is the way of God. This is the way of God. He has to use people to bring forth His purpose in our lives. Galatians 4, 1 through 2, but it's under tutors and governors. Galatians chapter 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a napios, differed nothing from the servant, though he be lord of all. But it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Jesus Christ was under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father when he said to him, This is my beloved Weas, in whom I'm well pleased. And that was at the time when John the Baptist baptized him. It's got to be so. We've got to go and fulfill our righteousness, Jesus said. And Hebrews 5.12, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For strong meat belongeth to them who are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. If you've been building and you don't even have a, a foundation of these principles in your lives, Hebrews chapter 6, 1 through 3, repentance from dead works, faith toward God, doctrine of baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. If you don't have those that you've been built on, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and you're trying to go out there and, and, and do what you feel is the will of God in your life at this time, that's out of order. Wow. Praise God. Anybody have any questions, amen? I'll open it up for a few minutes. It's 10.02 right now, so we're going to end it now, um, the session here. If you have any questions, you can email me. And again, all these all these messages are posted up on Facebook. So, if you if you want to hear more teachings and and understand more about the kingdom of God in your life and what it's all about, then uh, I encourage you get involved in the Word of God. Amen. Get involved in teachings of God, not for the sake of you know, my, um, not for the sake that, that you're going to give me anything, right? 
I'm just encouraged that you want to seek God and, and know the Father, amen? By principle, amen? So here's the channel, if y'all want to go look at the YouTube channel. And there's hundreds of teachings there now. I can say that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, as you guys want to grow in the Lord, the Word of the Lord is out there and you can get it. And like I said, for the glory of God my Father, amen? Because I want to do His will. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this precious time and your word. I thank you how you're teaching us and revealing to us your ways, Father. As it is written in your word, Father God, that the children of Israel knew your acts, but Moses knew your ways, Father. If we understand your ways and build on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, Father, then as we're being built up on your foundation, it doesn't matter what kind of pressure or what kind of situation comes into our lives, we're going to maintain strength because we're maintaining faith toward God and your word, Father. And I thank you, Lord, according to your word, Father God, that the, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Not for the not for the um, for the glory of man, but for the glory of God, Father. I thank you, Lord, for those that are here today and those that will hear in the future, Father. I bless you, Father, and I give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God.